ACOE commissioners debate over the allocation of federal funds. Election day for Oakland is over. The people have spoken. And for the last 46 years in Winter Garden, we have had our barber. The date is March 10th, 2022. We're going to go through these stories and more. Welcome to West Orange on the Go. My name is Austin Arthur, and this is where we do local news and comment. And when I say local news, I mean hyper-local. West Orange, this is your news. We begin in 10 seconds. You're listening to West Orange on the go. Brought to you by the West Orange Times and Observer. Hosted by Austin Arthur. West Orange on the go. What started as a routine approval of money allocation from the American Rescue Plan Act turned into a spirited debate for the Ocoee City Commission at its March 1st meeting. Assistant City Manager Craig Shadrick appeared before the commission to present the list of projects that would be funded with the $24 million the city received from the federal government's $1.9 billion stimulus passed in 2021 as part of the, quote, American Rescue Plan Act. The biggest part of the funding would go toward the improvement of the city's water infrastructure. Commissioner Rosemary Wilson said, quote, I'm pleased to see that infrastructure has become a major point of the conversation lately. Some of this is 20-year-old equipment that we're replacing. If we don't replace it with this, we're going to replace it with tax dollars. And you know what that means, increasing the millage rate, end quote. However, Commissioner George Oliver, well, he saw it differently. Although he acknowledged the importance of the project, he wanted some more discussion on how the millions were being allocated. Oliver and city manager Robert Frank had a brief exchange over what should be done going forward. The city manager said that these are projects that need to be done urgently. And following the discussion, the commissioners approved the bill by a 4-1 vote with Oliver dissenting. Now, voters in the town of Oakland have made their choice. On Tuesday, March 8th, the incumbent, Rick Poland, will serve another four years as Oakland Town Commissioner for seat one. When the polls were closed and the votes were tallied, the commissioner won in a landslide with over 71% of the vote. His challenger, newcomer Matt Buenovich, captured 28.69%. Now, I want to say congratulations to the commissioner. I am a proponent of his. I believe that the township of Oakland is on the right path. I think we have great leaders in that town. Well, and I say we just keep on trucking. Now, I have an interest in this because Oakland is a pivotal part of West Orange. West Orange is a unified community with different townships and different cities, but we are all one West Orange. So congratulations to the commissioner. And I thank all of the commissioners, including their great mayor, for their hard work. Now this, Windermere-based Victoria's Voice hosted a roundtable discussion entitled Save Our Kids to spread awareness and education regarding the drug epidemic happening within our youth. According to the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, 
there was a 28.5% increase in drug overdose deaths in 2021. Now, that's just compared to 2020. You know, this is a real problem, obviously. It's gotten worse the last couple of years, not better. We're losing the battle. Now, I think there's a lot of reasons for this, of course. I think that our youth are confused. I think they have generally lost a sense of purpose. They're being told all kinds of crazy things all the time that simply don't make any sense. And we need to pay attention. Because in 2022, the problem should be better, not worse. So I think that this is a serious topic that we need to check out. You can do that at orangeobserver.com. You can also visit our Facebook page. And of course, the big red boxes are all around town. That's when you can you find one of those and you, you grab the paper and you read it. It's, it's totally free. This is a service to the community that is offered for free. A great newspaper that you don't have to pay for. And now in our education news... I would be remiss not to point out a controversial subject, which is highlighted in this week's paper. It is House Bill 1557. Now, you have certainly heard about this, probably by the nickname it has been given. Uh, But our editor and publisher here at the West Orange Times and Observer, the wise and astute Michael Ng, a great man, well, he has a piece where, you know, he really just highlights a, well, he highlights a recent incident that took place with our, our governor here. And, and then he lays out the full text of this bill, you know, without any edits, you know, for the folks to read it. It's only about 1,300 words. So if you've been following this subject, if you've been interested in it, uh, you can check this week's paper for, for the whole the whole bill, you know, it's pretty short, and you can check it out if you're interested in that. And by the way, did you know that the state's official dessert is now strawberry shortcake? That's right, strawberry shortcake. Uh, Mr. Ng gave me that information. I was not aware. But I am glad to hear that the vastly superior key lime pie is still the official state pie. So, you know, we got some good choice <laughs> we got some good choices uh, in Florida for sweets. Okay. Let me give you a sports highlight, a hyperlocal sports highlight. Dr. Phillips and West Orange faced off on the baseball diamond for the first time this season with DP emerging victorious. The Panthers scored a run in the fourth inning and only allowed four hits to the Warriors. Dr. Phillips now gets set to take on the undefeated First Academy, March 12th at TFA. And all of these great hyper-local sports, all the information, all the updates, all the scores, well, they're in the paper. Let's go on before I get into the final page here, which will be soon. Uh, Let me tell you about Foundation Academy. They're a sponsor of this program. They're a great school, and... Well, we have something really special coming up in April. I want you to know about it. I'm, 
I'm going to be sitting down with the president of Foundation Academy on a special edition podcast, and that's Dave Buckles. You're going to want to hear this special edition with me and the FA president, Mr. Buckles. We're going to dive through the history of FA, you know, its relation to the historical church and downtown Winter Garden. And of course, we're going to talk about Mr. Buckles himself, you know, who he is, his family, his background. I want you to keep an eye out for this great special edition because it's going to be a real interesting one. We're going to take it slow. We're going to walk through it. So if you care about your community, if you're interested in private education in West Orange, well, this is a great podcast for you. It's going to come sometime in April. You know, we'll see. But uh, in the meantime, what you could do is visit foundationacademy.net. That's foundationacademy.net to learn all about this great school where character matters. I'm going to go through an article by the great Amy Questenberry. That's right. Once again, she knocks it out of the park with a great article on somebody very special in our community. The article begins, When you walk into Earl Brigham's barbershop, be prepared for lively conversation. Even if it sounds and looks a little untraditional, Earl Brigham is deaf. He lost his hearing when he was two years old. So communication in his downtown Winter Garden shop is a combination of written notes, charades, hand gestures, facial expressions, and of course, American Sign Language. Earl has been a barber in downtown Winter Garden for 46 years, 17 of them in his Edgewater Hotel storefront. His clientele includes generation of men and boys who come into the barber shop for a cut and conversation. Every haircut comes with one tradition, and all of his customers know when he takes off the paper collar, he will wad it up and toss it toward the small basketball hoop attached to the wall near a framed photo of John Wayne. Now, it's ironic that this friendly man knows so many people and names in the community. He didn't know his own name until until he was nine years old. As mentioned, he lost his hearing when he was two. The piece goes on to describe the story of his family and their journey to, to get him help. They found their way to Florida after hearing about the Florida School for the Deaf and Blind in St. Augustine. So at nine years old, when he came to the school, this was his first interaction with other deaf people. And this is the first time he ever saw ASL being used. And, well, he explained that it scared him. He relays, quote, First, when I went, it was very hard. I felt very alone and felt very scared. I didn't know why their hands were moving. After a few months passed, I learned sign language and got used to it, end quote. He quickly caught up to his classmates academically and got involved in football, basketball, and track. Following his graduation, he took a job at Pine Hills Barbershop, and he stayed there for 10 years. But in 1976, now, that's the bicentennial of this country's birth, by the way. Well, in 1976, it was time for Earl to move on. A customer of his suggested that he open a barbershop in downtown Winter Garden. 
he eventually found the perfect home in the Edgewater Hotel. Now, in the 1920s, the hotel had a barbershop, and it was in that exact spot that Earl would make the space his own. And on a personal note here, you know, my wife, well, my wife cuts my hair. You know, a long time ago, we decided it's a great way to save money, and I've always been so picky about my hair, and I like to get it done every week. So we figured, hey, cut my hair. <laughs> so she's the most uh, able person I have ever met, far greater than I. And basically anything she tries to do, well, she can do it. So she learned how to cut my hair, and she does a great job. But sometimes, you know, maybe sometimes we're too busy. Like this week, she was under the weather, you know, not feeling too good. So needed a haircut badly. I mean, this thing was wild. My hair was just all over the place. And so the backup plan, of course, well, got to go see Mr. Brigham. So went over there just yesterday, actually. I went over to Mr. Brigham's, and... I was there at 9 a.m. Actually, I was there a little earlier, you know, waiting at the uh, the early bird spot. You know, it's a wonderful feeling going in there. You, you walk in and you feel like you're at an old barbershop, like you're back in time. You know, it really looks like an old, like it probably did back in the 1920s, you know, and it's just comfortable and he's just such a friendly person. He's just so warm and smiling and goofing around with you. It's just... A really enjoyable experience. He is very enjoyable. Just a great guy. But, you know, the piece carries on, and I, I want to he- continue on a little bit because it's neat to know a little bit about the history that he shares. Uh, so continuing on with the piece, just a little bit of it here. He has had his share of tragedy, including the death of his first wife, Patsy. This was after the birth of their fourth child, but... He would later find love again with his current wife, Robin. Now, Robin had learned ASL years earlier when a family with a deaf son named Eric came to her church. She says that one verse in Proverbs bothered her, though. Quote, A wise man will hear and will increase in learning. End quote. Now, about the verse, she said, God just used that to show me I needed to learn ASL for Eric, never thinking I would meet Earl and it It would become my life. Several of their children became sign language interpreters, and Earl leads the deaf ministry at their church. That's West Orlando Baptist Church. He also has been to 28 countries ministering to deaf people. Now 76 years old, Earl knows retirement is imminent. But according to his wife, Robin, he loves working. He loves his barber shop. He loves the people with whom he is connected. He loves his ministry, and he loves serving God. Mr. Brigham's customers turned friends can rest easy for now, knowing that the red and white barber pole will remain affixed to the front of the hotel, and the open sign will stay up. This has been Austin Arthur with the West Orange Times and Observer. And until next week, have a happy and blessed weekend. West Orange on the Go is brought to you by the West Orange Times and Observer. Hosted by Austin Arthur. West Orange on the Go.